We are back, and I wanted to woo a lot louder than that, but I didn't want to jostle your stereo speakers. So today's episode is on is really re- it's very relevant to what I'm going through right now. My father is in the hospital. Um, they don't know what's what's causing the these this muscle weakness, uh, slurred speech. Um, could be related to a stroke, and uh, they're running a bunch of tests. And we don't know what the cause of it is, nor do we know kind of the implications of what's happening or what's even scarier um, is the imagination of what could happen next. This is the second time this has happened to him in the last few months. And there's this uh, tension that that I can feel of there's the concern for him there's the concern for my mother is with him and has been with him in the hospital room for the last 24 hours the concern for my brothers uh, we're all on text chain trying to trying to figure out what's happening or where we can be most helpful and useful and there's this, uh, just this feeling of uncertainty mixed with a bit of helplessness for those that that we love in scenarios like this. I feel it kind of in my, um, it's kind of in my chest area and when I think about it it's obviously not caused from uh, some pathogen that I've caught from someone that's sick like him Um, it's easy to see in these scenarios that it's coming from my mind that my mind is creating these physical tension or symptoms The ideal would be to to not feel such tension. Because I know that it's not increasing my awareness or wisdom in this scenario. It's like um, surfing tense or uh, playing basketball tensely. No matter how big the game is, the nerves going into the game could be it could be totally natural, but when you're playing, you want to feel loose. You want to feel in flow, which is a diminished sense of self and a diminished sense of time. You want to be one with the action that you are taking. And I can tell that I'm I'm not able to do that as much when I have this, this tension, not able to be as helpful to my family when I have that tension. I noticed it as I was driving uh, my three daughters to to school this morning. My reactions were just a little step behind what was happening in front of me. Then I actually did go surfing, and I was missing these little cues. I was mistiming the paddle out, got rocked by a wave, and 
I could tell that this tension uh, was the tip of the iceberg of these feelings that are happening, these symptoms caused by a mind that has a preoccupation with what's going on back home. And in studying Vedanta, it's, it's such a great manual for living where you can go through a scenario, circumstance where it's like having 12 golf clubs in your golf bag and you know which golf club to utilize when. And right now, the golf club that just feels so natural after studying this philosophy and developing that inner equipment, the intellect, which we talk about quite a bit here on this channel. We have a mind and we have an intellect within us to navigate the world, a higher mind, uh, one could say. And the, the higher mind jumps in to try to assess, okay, what am I feeling? Then it jumps in to say, well, why am I feeling that? This tension or this preoccupation of the mind, just the awareness that I'm feeling it is, for many people it might not take years, but it took years just to recognize these emotions that I was feeling. It's like my five-year-old that I know is exhausted near the end of the day, but she doesn't know that about herself yet, so she's absolutely convinced her ups and downs and erratic behavior, um, her ability to, to even walk in a straight line is all diminished because she's exhausted. She doesn't know that. She's convinced that she's not exhausted. But like the child to the adult, the adult to the sage, as you develop an intellect, you start to recognize, you start to gain this awareness of what's happening just beneath the surface that you might not have had the awareness that you might not have had years prior. So that tension, I first feel it and then recognize that there is this desire that has been interrupted. So that what, that preoccupation of the mind, it's in this scenario, it's pretty easy to know that it's not just on my father and my family, but it's also this interrupted desire that can be frustrating, can be emotional, where the desire is for peace and prosperity for those that I love. The desire is for peace and prosperity for anyone that I see. For you listening to this, I am wired want you to have peace and prosperity. And when I see that interrupted, then my own desire gets interrupted. And it's not an unselfish desire to want peace and prosperity for those that I love. It's also quite selfish because I realize that I'm more peaceful when they're peaceful. It's like the high frequency noise that is just outside your room when my mother is distraught, when my father is distraught, 
from a development of the intellect, or in Vedantic terms, it'd be a development of the sakshi, the witness, to witness what's going on within me. At this age and stage, I know that there are heaps of, of selfishness within the emotions that I'm feeling. In fact, as Swamiji will say often, whenever there's a problem, it's always you. It's not the external circumstance. It is always you. Discontent between roommates, spouses, friends, students at the ashram, siblings. He'll just flat out say, it is always you. So I'm able to turn that around and say, that is, yeah, this, whatever I'm going through, it's me. And what is that hang up that I have? What is that selfish desire that I have? It's for them to be peaceful so that I can go about the 10,000 things that I want, as the Buddhists say. Which brings me back to this reflection for today. In this philosophy that emphasizes a body, a mind, and an intellect to navigate the world, a body or a heart, heart center being where we have our emotions, our feelings, our preferences, likes, dislikes, and our intellect, which our higher mind, our ability to discern, our ability to decide, to guide the mind. There can be an overemphasis with the intellect being the higher equipment, the subtler, more powerful equipment. If you develop it properly, the equipment that is like the the adult in the room that can guide the childlike mind towards whatever outcome you might be pursuing professionally or socially. But that intellect, the development of the intellect can be overemphasized that people are only in their heads. And I remember walking around the ashram once with, with a student there. She had been there several years. She was probably in her early 40s. And I asked her, what was your, what's a knowledge bomb that you're thinking about uh, these days? And a knowledge bomb just being something that hit you extraordinarily hard um, and left a, an imprint that you're still reflecting on over the last few days. And she mentioned something that, that uh, Swamiji had said, Swami Parthasarthi had said, which was, you must have a conference between the head and the heart. And you must feel to understand, you must use your heart to understand what the intellect might be reading, reflecting on, and you must understand what you feel. You must be able to employ the intellect like a witness, like a good friend to dissect, like a therapist to dissect, okay, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? What can I do about it? This reflection, it's been a year since I, I heard her tell me this and it, and it stopped me in my tracks, that you must feel to understand and you must understand what you feel. An overemphasis on the, the head is going to make you like an automaton that can't really understand what you're reading but can recite it word for word can make you a scholar, but not a philosopher. 
But if you're only in your feelings, only in your heart, and you can't employ the intellect, then you don't understand what you feel. You are an exuberant or irrational or dramatic teenager or worse, you know, three-year-old. We must feel to understand and we must understand what we feel. And when my heart gets ahead of itself, when my mind races ahead of the intellect, it is so useful to grab this golf club, this knowledge bomb, pull it out of the bag and say, okay, I'm feeling this tension. I'm feeling a step behind. And there's a compounding effect to this frustration that I'm feeling today because I'm continually a step behind of what I'm trying to do, literally latching the door. Step behind and a frustration there. There's not only a cultivation of a witness, but there's also this employment of the intellect to understand, okay, what, inter what desire is being interrupted right now that's causing this stress, this agitation, this tension. The desire is for my dad to be well, for my family to be in peace and prosperity, and for me to be in peace and prosperity. And this peace has been interrupted by the realities of life. So when I you employ that intellect and, and walk backwards to what am I feeling? What I'm feeling is I wish the world was set up differently than it is. In this moment, so much of the time, I love the way the world's set up. I'm able to just surf the ebbs and flows. But in this moment, there's this inherent deep down desire for the world to be other than what it is. For there not to be death, disease. For family members to not be distraught. So where is the area, the part of this tension, the part of this interrupted desire, this uh, stress or agitation that I can use this golf club and, and actually work on to where not only in this acute scenario, Am I able to be fully present to be actually useful and helpful, not a step behind, but a step ahead with my family that, that needs me and every one of us in a crisis scenario. We're needed to be useful, to be helpful, to be optimally aware of where we can help those around us to get to that state in this acute sense and then also in the broader macro sense of of life, it's to truly, truly reflect and digest the fact that death, disease, distraughtness around us, these are, this, they're not only natural, they are inevitable. To be an optimist is to see the light at the end of the tunnel. To be a pessimist is to see the tunnel. Within Vedanta, we're called to be realists. That is to see the light at the end of the tunnel and the next tunnel. To only see the light is to be 
woefully blind, ignorant, optimistic, perhaps, blind to the realities of the world, the opposites that make up the world. To be pessimistic is to be a negative downer that is constantly pulling away from the ability to solve the problem at hand. But to be a realist, to be prepared, as Swami will say often, to expect the worst is pessimism, but to be prepared for the worst, that is philosophy. Socrates also said it even more bluntly in this scenario. Philosophy is preparation for death. So when I think about what can I do, what can I pull out of the golf bag to help with this scenario, it's understanding what I'm feeling, understanding that there is a desire that has been interrupted, understanding what that desire is, and understanding the ignorance that created that desire. Wanting there to only be life and no death. But the thing is to say yes to life, your life, a child's life, start of a company. Your career is to say yes to it all. To say yes to life is to say yes to it all. Death of the body is an inevitability. There is more to the story, and that's a, a different reflection for a different day. But death of the body, death of your parents, of loved ones, is an inevitability. And a circumstance like today is a reminder that I need to fully appreciate that inevitability. Because willfully being blind to it is putting me a step behind being useful. Because being willfully blind to it is putting me a step behind being useful in this scenario, this circumstance with the people that I love. You don't practice free throws for the first time before game seven of the NBA finals. It's a constant preparation to where when that moment in game seven, 10 seconds left comes and you've got two free throws on the line, all of the preparation is already in place when it matters most. As we've said on the, on the podcast many times, the intellect is the capacity to see the end in the beginning. I will be in this scenario countless times. I've been in this scenario before with death of loved ones, and it will continue to happen. So right now, there is a recognition and understanding of what I'm feeling, recognition, understanding, and, a, and responsibility taken of why I'm feeling that way. But most of all, it is a reminder to put in the preparation for a circumstance like this that is inevitably going to happen multiple times throughout life to make sure that I'm optimally useful and helpful now and when it inevitably happens again. That's today's reflection on the Daily Vedantic. We'll see you tomorrow.